All right, we will start this morning with the parish president and her proclamation for all these JPRD champion girls who are here this morning. Congratulations. And I was told we had to do you all first so you can get to school. Boo. Good morning, everyone. Um, can Mario Bazile come join me, our, our recreation director? We have some very important citizens in our chamber today. Um, seeing these girls this morning just really brings back memories of when I was your age is when I first started playing at Lakeshore Playground. I was on the track team. Coach Pedinash, is this on? Hello? Oh, Coach Pedernostro was our track coach, and it was the first time where I learned about hard work and teamwork and success and failure, and no matter how we perform, to get back up that next practice and work on it harder. These are important, very important life lessons. Um, these girls here, um, can you imagine their history making already? Okay, at your age, your history making already. So, and I. And I want to bring Mario Bazile up, our recreation director, to explain why, because this was a different thing you're looking at here. And Mario really came on as our recreation director. The challenge was to incorporate a lot of new ideas, and, and this team represents that. So this is the JPRD 8U softball team that won the Babe Ruth World Series. The, the Babe Ruth World Series was held in Treasure Coast, Florida in August. And this is the first time in history that our JPRD eight-year-old teams competed in a franchise tournament. So we're so proud of these girls for making history, and I want to really let Mario explain why this team is so very special. So, Mario. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Congratulations again, girls. Welcome back. Um, Council administration, this is a great day. Um, I first want to thank my administration, uh, Brad Roth, Tim Collins, um, Carol Bueller, Bobby, I could go on, Sean, you know, this, uh, Aaron, of course, Aaron, you need to come up here too, please. Get, come on up, Aaron. Come on, Aaron, because i got to talk, talk about you too. Um, I want to also thank the coaches. You guys have put in so much time and effort for these young girls, and uh, we really appreciate it. But um, we started out, and Aaron, come over here, because this is, um, in the beginning of the year, um, in the beginning of the year, we set out to really elevate our programming in JPRD to bring kids back to the playgrounds. Um, and also with a renewed focus on girls programming, uh, along with, uh, with Ms. Aaron Ruddick, to help us with that process. And we realized quickly that the important part to do this is we have to bring in the, young, the younger groups, the younger kids back to the playgrounds. And that's why um, with, with Aaron and the administration, um, we decided to create the 7-8 and eight, uh, softball team. So this team was created out of teams from, from the intramural squads around all of the playgrounds. So in addition to playing in this particular league, these girls also played back at their playgrounds, which was a very good combination. So they got extra reps. Um, it was a, it was a, uh, a higher level of, of playing. So they, these girls were chosen out of 70 girls. They played on the weekends, but they also played at their playgrounds, which was a great combination, um, which really elevated the programming throughout girls' programming on the East Bank. So that's why this is special, and I think that because this is the first time these girls have had an opportunity to get together, they gelled very well, and look, the parents are all sitting here. 
you know, we could not have, you guys, you girls could not have done this without your parents and your grandparents' support. So we really appreciate it because it, it is a commitment to travel all the way to Treasure, Treasure Cove, Florida to play softball and then to win the championship. So these girls won regionals, they won state, and then they went on to Florida to win the World Series, which was an unbelievable accomplishment. Um, but what I'm excited about, what our department is excited about, is that this group here represents uh, the next step, the next level of girls' recreation in Jefferson Parish. You girls are going to continue in our programs. Hopefully next year you're going to come back and you're going to be playing in the, um, you know, in the 9U group and you're going to be competing for another world championship, right? So that's awesome. And I want to congratulate you girls again. Thank you so much. All right, our first player is Angelina Macaluso. Camille Sproles. Lana Ship. Adele Massa. Jaylee Hayworth. Carter Mathern, Sienna Venturella, Dixie Tatum, Madison Manali, Emma Nelson, Cameron Nobles. Audrey Kraft, Carly Portia, Tiana Albert, and Elizabeth Poche. Our head, our head coach, Monique Duvernay, Dina Gunkel. Maddie Lacoste and Heather Penny. Okay, council members, if you can come down for a picture, please. We might have to shift. Or we're going to shift to the middle. We're only doing two now. So now I think the girls want to send us off with a little spirit and a, a good way to kick off our council meeting. Put it in the middle. Put it in the middle. That's a good idea. Put it in the middle. All right. Put it in the middle. 
dog and say you know. Let's go. Congratulations again, girls. And for all the parents who are trying to take pictures, you can steal these pictures that we took from our Facebook page later, the Jefferson Parish Facebook page. They'll be posted later this morning. Thank you all for coming, girls, and they said you have to get back to school, so that's unfortunate. At least you have a certificate of merit to bring back with you. Thanks again for coming. Mr. Chairman, um... Mario Bazile wanted to make another announcement, so... <laughs> the liveliest has been in here since we shot off the uh, confetti last year. Um, I'd, I'd also like to uh, make a few comments just to update the council on some things that are going on right now in recreation. Um, we did have quite a baseball and softball season this year. I, I just want to run down the accomplishments of the, uh, of the recreation, the JPRD Recreation Department. Um, for our girls programming, our 18U West Bank team was World Series runner-ups. Our 16s East Banks were, were runner-up regional champions. Our 12-year-old East Bank were, West, were uh, World Series runner-ups. Our 12-year-old West Bank reg were regional runner-ups. And our uh, 8U, obviously, the East Bank state champs and World Series runner-ups. For our boys, our 19s were state runner-ups. Our 15s were World Series champions. Our 14s were World Series, uh, Series runner-ups. Our 12-year-olds um, were uh, co-state champions. Our 10-year-olds were also state champions, and our eight-year-olds um, were also regional champions. So we had quite a season for our baseball and softball uh, season. I, I also want to share with this, with, with the council, this image uh, that was sent to me this morning. Um, 
this is really the epitome of where we're trying to go with recreation in Jefferson Parish. Um, this is a combined team of our seven and eight-year-olds between Owens Playground and Little Farms Playground. Okay. Early this year, uh, JPRD made a commitment to Jesse Owens Playground along with uh, Councilman Byron Lee's office to revitalize that playground, um, to update the facilities, and um, this picture is the culmination really of the hard work that we've put, put forth over the past several months. So this team consists of 14 players from Owens and eight players from Little Farms. This is a 7 eighths combined football team. They're now 6-0, and and they are competing against Gerard, Miley, uh, Lakeshore, and Cleary in, in this league. Um, but this is just a great example of rethinking recreation, bringing these two clubs who would not have had opportunities to play because they didn't have enough players. Um, I want to congratulate the supervisors, Christopher Owens from uh, Christopher Scott from Owens Playground, uh, and Justin Irwin from Little Farms. They came together and said, "We want to we want to combine these two." Uh, groups so these kids can have an opportunity to play football and it was a great opportunity they're doing very well and um, I'm just I, this is this is like the shining picture of the of the week here this is a great these these kids are so happy to play the coaches are excited uh, and they're just doing very well uh, again the recreation department the administration um, led by our operations manager Brad Roth and, and Tim Collins our administrator and his staff we're all working very hard to elevate our programming and bring kids back to the playground. So thank you. Thank you, Mario. So I did want to recognize some additional groups. You know, we're over eight weeks since, um, since Hurricane Ida hit, and so many departments across the board, along with all of our council offices, worked so very hard during the storm for several weeks at a time. I mean, I can't even start naming the work that was done, I would be here for a very long time, but emergency management, animal shelter, transit, community development, Jeff Cap, we're all doing things. But I did want to just acknowledge two groups that I would say not only did their own work, but had to step in and do work that was they weren't anticipating, that was not part of their job description, that was just community need, that this is not work that they normally do or ever would have thought you know, that they would have been doing. And they stepped in and they did it, and they did it very well. So I'm going to start with, um, I'd like to call up our directors um, from streets, uh, from the street department, Brooke Burmaster, along with James Thompson, um, as well as Brian Parks, along with Michael Muller. Um, these folks normally, streets and parkways, have to do a lot of work already. They have to clear our roads, get them back to be travel ready for our first responders. They have to clear the medians and green space. They have to cut down trees. They have to remove hazardous um, limbs. Very, very busy already. But because there was so much debris, especially in the River Ridge area, these folks started removing debris, which we have a contractor to do. But they actually started doing that seven days a week to help them out. So we, we want to recognize you all for your work. Um, and other members that I want to call up that can't be here, to, uh, th that I want to acknowledge that can't be here today, Mark Munwar from Parkways, Ronald Stackhouse from Parkways, Dur and then the following from the Streets Department, Darrell Jones, Darren Robinson, 
Melvin Adams, Carl Reed, Jennifer Munwa, John Allen, James Crockett, Freddie Gloston, Cedric James, Ricky Addison, Ricky Walker, Suzette Hall, and Dennis Berard. All of those folks really got involved with the debris pickup seven days a week. So we want to thank you for that. So do you want to speak? Do you want to say something? No? Yeah. Just wanted to say, you know, um, we try every day to do what we can for Jefferson Parish, but it, without these two guys leading our forces on the ground, we couldn't get a half the things we get done. So. They really get all the kudos for everything we do. Kind of say the same thing. I mean, the, the hurricanes are when we really shine. We try to kind of not be too noticed during the during a normal week, but when a hurricane comes up, we like the guys to get out there and, and really that's that's our time to shine. So thank you. And then I'd like to call up another group of people. In, this is the first time in modern history that we had to shelter people. So you know, immediately. After the storm, we had our first responders respond in Lafitte, get many of those people stranded in Lafitte out. So our sheltering operations began right then and there um, on day one, where we had to take care of our most vulnerable who, led, who had lost everything. We, we bust a lot of these people out. Um, out to um, Bastrop and Alexandria, Louisiana, but then two weeks after the storm when everybody was already so tired from working so hard, many of these people got bused back into our area and thought they were going to their homes and some of them, you know, their homes were not ready for them. So we had to begin really doing a lot of sheltering operations again to the point where we had sheltered probably over 230 people at um, Lemon Playground, Kings Grant, and Pard. So our recreation staff helped. We had many groups helping us, Red Cross, so many other groups. Um, they are helping us, um, along with transit, bringing the folks, animal shelter. But our, our recreation people, day in and day out, had to deal with sheltering people. So I'd like to call those folks from recreation here that are up. Amari, you want to come back? Leo, you want to come up? Just um, come up and be recognized, with, and then... We're going to call them out. But um, we're talking about starting a shelter from a gym, um, which is, you know, we learned very quickly how to do it. Sarah Babcock kind of led our operations. But um, you have to bring in generators. You have to bring in showers, showers for people in wheelchairs, restrooms, electrical upgrades, um, making sure people have their medicines filled, making sure wounds are taken care of, fixed plumbing issues, moving heavy equipment, modifying the current infrastructure, moving bedridden patients, getting people who are in wheelchairs on and off of buses. All of that operational stuff was done. What was so impressive to me about these folks were they dealt with the personal issues. I've personally seen them comfort people, um, be at people's bedsides, help them find resources. And not only that, we had a lot of volunteers from outside our area from other parts of the country that were here working. They cooked for them and they showed them what Louisiana life was like and those volunteers were so very grateful. And I know this not because Mario or Leo told me, because the people in the shelter told me and because the volunteers told me what an incredible job um, that these folks did. Um, they represent the whole Department of Recreation, but um, they had, both of these teams had some of the hardest work to do in the parish. They did it without complaining. They stepped in. This was not part of their regular job duty. So we just want to thank them for that. So do you want to read the people, Mario? Yeah, this is the people. So I'd like to call up and, and I'd like to also uh, echo what, what the parish president said. Um, we, we just, I just presented these girls and, and the, what we do in recreation is so important. Um, and I didn't realize, cause this is my second year here, my first true hurricane. I did not realize the amount of work recreation does to get this parish back up and running. Um, I'm going to read, you know, these names here that worked at the shelter. 
Um, but there are many others that worked right after the storm as well that, that stepped up and helped get this parish back up and running. So I, I appreciate them as well. Um, Calvin Washington, you come up please. Charles Dobbins, Jeff Langford, James Prowell, Terry Pontheu, Sue Amore, Brent Griffin, Corey Parker, Ethan Landry, Leo Webb, and Jerry Buzz Constant. You know, this, this group right here working the shelters for the Recreation Department, um, they were literally 24-7. They would be called out in the middle of the night. Um, they would help re the, the residents there at the shelter with medicine, um, with bathing, with things that, you know, the training really wasn't even there. We used the Red Cross to help us, but, you know, these guys stepped up and did an incredible job, and uh, I appreciate the parish president acknowledging them as well. Thank right. you. Thank you. Council members, if you would like to come take a picture with these two departments, and again, these departments represent the parish. It's, they're not only representing their, their, their departments, but they're representing Jefferson Parish employees across the board who, you know, in times of crisis, it doesn't matter what your job description does, you just get in and do it. So that's why we want to really thank you all for all your efforts. You want to get in, Steve? Scoot in. Scoot in more. I don't know why I'm in the middle. Up next, Councilman Bonanno with a proclamation. Councilman Bonanno, is today the day you give him the proclamation for one proclamation for every year he's been around? We don't have that. Might run out of paper. We won't, we'll run out of time. If I could ask Coach and Pastor, oh, everybody knows him, he's a well known member of this figure, JT Curtis, if you would come up here and join me. Coach Curtis has been around for a long time. He was coaching when I was in high school. He, he reached a very important milestone this year that only one other person has done. He, reached, he won 600 football games in his career. That's an incredible uh, accomplishment. 
I have to bear with me. I have a little allergy today, so I'm going to try to get through this. Whereas on Friday, October 8, 2021, against Archbishop Shaw, J.T. Curtis won his 600th career game as a high school coach, becoming just the second football coach at any level, pro, college, ever, to achieve 600 wins. J.T. began his coaching career in 1969 with an 0-10 record, where since that first winless season, he has amassed a record of 601-63-6, almost a 90% win rate where he has led John Curtis to a Louisiana record 37 state championship appearances and 27 state titles. Under Coach Curtis, the school has completed 14 perfect seasons, whereas Coach Curtis has the most wins among active football coaches on all levels in this country with the 601 wins and has only become John McKissick's all-time record of 621, and I'm confident you're going to pass that up. He was named the 2012 USA National Coach of the Year while leading John Curtis to the 2012 Consensus National Championship. Whereas in January of 1991, he, won, he, na he was named the Coach of the Decade in the 1980s by the National Sports Foundation. He has been inducted into Louisiana School High School School Athletic Association's Hall of Fame, the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame, and the Greater New Orleans Sports Hall of Fame, and the National High School Hall of Fame. Whereas Mr. Curtis, who also serves as the headmaster at the school in River Ridge, has become an ordained minister in June 2011. And whereas Mr. Curtis stated that he believes that coaching young players involves intrinsic values other than achieving victory on the football field. This includes spirituality, morality, ethically, and a team concept, learning to work with other people. He has a positive impact on the countless lives of coach, headmaster, mentor, a pastor, and a role model for the young people for over 50 years. Whereas this council wishes to recognize and commend Coach John T. Curtis for his extraordinary achievements, both on the football field and the academic field, in preparing the young men of this parish for victory in all walks of life. Coach, thank you. Council members, Madam President, come on down. I can't, I was surprised, I didn't know we were doing this, but I thank you, I, I appreciate it very much, but you all know that these kind of uh, accomplishments are only done through the work of a lot of people, and I want to uh, make sure that you all know that the credit goes to the players and to the coaches and to the, the staff that work together to help us achieve that, and one of my uh, players is right over here to the, Mr. Munch, uh, played uh, wide receiver for me. And when I see him dressed up in his coat and tie and being successful, that's what this is all about. So we very, I'm very thankful, and our school is very thankful. We appreciate it. Thank you. And you may wonder, since he's here, how he didn't know about this. He's doing our invocation today. So that's why he's here.
Councilman Lee, if he's ready, to get our next proclamations. Good morning. Would Pastor Terry and Patricia Ray please come up? Would my dear friend Sal LaRock please come on up? <coughs> it's, a, it's an honor and a pleasure to stand before you all to provide these proclamations proclamations to these wonderful people. We have been very involved with ensuring that as many communities as we could would receive food and uh, supplies and box goods and cleaning goods and everything you could think of that's important for our recovery. And there have been people who have worked very hard with us and reached out to us and wanted to be a part of the solution. And so I would be remiss if we did not take this opportunity to give them certificates of merit today due to all the hard work and the commitment that you all have to ensuring that everybody who's without receives some type of benefit. And so these proclamations read, be it known that for outstanding service to Jefferson Parish has conferred this certificate of merit to my dear friend, Sal Rock. <laughs> and likewise, this certificate of merit goes to an outstanding pastor, outstanding wife, and outstanding church who's been involved with everything that we've been doing as well. Thank you all so much. Um, I would just like to say to thank the parish and all the councilmen after the storm. Um, it was amazing, and I'm so proud to be part of this parish. Um, Council at Large Scott Walker, his Facebook page, he would answer questions just as soon as they rolled in. And even though we didn't have internet service, family in Florida could ask the questions, get the answers. We would go park somewhere where we had cell phone service and we would get an answer and then we'd send another question. So it was just amazing what was happening. Byron Lee's office worked with me um, remotely from Florida, calling them, asking them for forklift trucks and box trucks. And we had trucks coming in from all over, but we weren't even home yet. And uh, they were able to work with us. Um, Councilman uh, Bonanno's chief of staff worked with us just this last week uh, to get us box trucks to help us move our supplies to Bridge City. So things that, that we could do and you all couldn't get and you guys could help us and we couldn't get, we just worked really close together and I'm proud of the whole uh, Jefferson Parish and the council and we just want to say thank you for helping us. As a very proud Don Buster, Kiwanis Club member. I want to thank all of you and Councilman Byron Lee. We had so much fun giving out 
all of the gifts and rewards, and he has an unbelievable staff. If you know his faith-based staff, fun-loving staff, the fun that they have, I really enjoyed being with them. And thank all of you for all that you've done during the hurricane. And Kiwanis member, thank all of you. God bless y'all. Thank you. Council members, parish president, please come up. Councilman Pistato is up next. <laughs> the first set of proclamations um, that we would like to do is to honor some um, members of our community, particularly at the uh, East Jefferson YMCA. Uh, for what they have done to enhance public safety and ensure that the children in our community are protected and in the best situation possible. Uh, Gordon, if you if y'all could come up. Uh, every year, and we participate in this as a parish, uh, there is the car seat safety program, which is administered 100% by volunteers uh, who help families who might need a little extra education and if nothing else just to make sure that our kids are protected in the vehicles in which uh, their parents are carrying them and the focus is definitely on underserved and uh, underprivileged areas of our community so we'd like to offer a proclamation to honor uh, Louisiana State Police Master Trooper Robert Meir and YMCA team leader uh, Colleen Salinas as Louisiana heroes for their work in saving lives of the young children through this car safety car seat safety program. If y'all could come forward. And again, this is done on a 100% volunteer basis. A proclamation recognizing and commending Louisiana State Police Master Trooper Robert Meir and YMCA team leader Colleen Salinas as Louisiana heroes for their work in saving the lives of young children through the car seat safety program. Whereas Colleen Salinas directs the YMCA car seat safety program in conjunction with the Louisiana State Police and the Louisiana Highway Safety Commission, LSU Health Science Centers. 
Health Sciences Center. And whereas through this program, the YMCA provides parental education, free car seats, and now stuffed animals for kids through a partnership with the New Orleans Police and Justice Foundation, which backs the NOPD. And whereas Colleen Salinas also partnered with the Junior League and Catholic Charities to provide diapers as well as match families with health care services when needed. And whereas the YMCA provides services to low-income and new immigrant communities, and whereas the Louisiana State Police Master Trooper Robert Meir of Troop B is the State Police and YMCA champion who works closely with Ms. Salinas in this community outreach and service program. And whereas Master Trooper Robert Meir and Colleen Salinas team up with other state troopers and community volunteers on Wednesdays for car seat safety checks at Troop B, and whereas Master Trooper Robert Meir and Ms. Salinas have been recognized as Louisiana heroes by the Louisiana Highway Safety Commission, and whereas the YMCA and the State Police also join with Bridget Gardner, registered nurse, the program director for in the Louisiana Passenger Safety Task Force and her team, and whereas Ms. Salinas is a Kenner resident in Jefferson Parish Council District 4 and works at the East Jefferson YMCA, which is housed in Council District 4, and whereas Ms. Salinas is an active member of Divine Mercy Catholic Church in Kenner, Louisiana, and whereas Master Trooper Robert Meir is a 27-year veteran of the Louisiana State Police assigned to Troop B, and whereas the Jefferson Parish Council hereby recognizes and commends Colleen Salinas and Master Trooper Robert Meir for their quiet and faithful work to save children's lives in our community and for being our Louisiana heroes here in Jefferson Parish, Louisiana, that the Jefferson Parish Council hereby declares Wednesday, September 15, 2021, as Colleen Salinas and Master Trooper Robert Meir Day in Jefferson Parish. Thank you. Council members, parish president, if you could join us. Do you have anything to say? Yeah, good morning. Um, thank you. Um, uh, it, it is a great honor to be recognized here today. I um, really appreciate it, and I wanted to thank to all our partners, because this is a team effort, to all our partners, to our CEO, co-workers that support uh, our program. And also, I want to thank uh, Robert because he, for his great support. Thank you so much. Thank you. Just real quick, um, despite what some people think, troopers do have emotions, and we do care. Um, there's a lot of enforcement uh, that's going on out there, but uh, education is equally important. And uh, that's part of, uh, you know, making people safe and public safety is our number one uh, priority. Thank you.
And now a proclamation that is of particular significance uh, to me personally. It is apropos that today has been all things recreation uh, here in the Jefferson Parish Council Chambers. Um, for the last, as many as everyone in this room knows, uh, Chief of Staff for our office, Mike Quigley, um, is the one who helps keep me from screwing up on a daily basis, uh, sometimes more successful than others. Uh, but when I when I took when I was elected to this position, um, the first call I made was to beg him <laughs> to come and help me prevent me from myself uh, in this position. And um, much of what we've been able to do, if not everything, has been the result of his dedication and perhaps more importantly, his institutional knowledge from 40 plus years uh, in this building. We all know Jefferson Parish Recreation over the last um, 40 years has had the fingerprints of uh, a man named Quigley all over it. Uh, and most of the time, all of the times until today that I've spoken of that, it has been with reference to Mike Quigley, the former recreation director uh, for decades, and frankly, to honor the, those uh, young men and women today who have had such success in JPRD uh, is undoubtedly the result of his decades of work in building that department into what it is. What many don't know <laughs> is the fingerprints of the Quigley family actually started about 60 years ago in Jefferson Parish Recreation. As he followed in his father's footsteps, Mr. Jim Quigley, who is here today 97 years strong, uh, drove the causeway to get here today. Uh, and uh, when people talk about, when people ask Mike, uh, man, how much longer are you gonna do this? I, I know he says every time he looks at his parents and says, at 97 and, well, something less than that, I'll say for Miss Rosalie, <laughs> he knows he's got a lot of life left. <laughs> so this summer, uh, our, one of the teams that Mario Bazile mentioned today was the 9 and 10 Dixie Youth uh, All-Star team from based out of Pontic Playground that won state and went on and competed in the Dixie Youth World Series. What many don't know is Mr. Jim, who was... Uh, supervisor at Pontiff, well, Metairie Playground, excuse me, <laughs> Metairie Playground before Pontiff was even a figment of anyone's imagination. Um, starting in 1964, he was the supervisor there, ultimately became the East Bank coordinator in the Jefferson Parish Recreation Department. But during that time, Dixie Youth became the franchise that all, all young men who have competed in baseball in Jefferson Parish in the last 60 years have played Dixie Youth ball. Mr. Jim, was the national director for Dixie Youth representing Louisiana during the last 60 years and is a lifetime director of Dixie Youth, um, of the Dixie Youth program. In particular, one of his jobs has been for Dixie Youth nationwide to test and study which bats are legal uh, for the players to use across the country. Um, so you probably kicked out a couple of my teams over the years as we were trying to see if we could shave the edges a little bit. Um, a capacity he served in as a lifetime member to this day. This summer, that 9 and 10 team had a legacy as part of it, as his great-grandson, Cullen Wynn, played and was the first Quigley in uh, 50, 60 years to have the honor of playing in the Dixie Youth World Series. Every year as a member of that Dixie Youth Program and representing JPRD, Mr. Quigley took his family, all of whom is here, are here today, their family vacation every summer was to the Dixie Youth World Series. 
So Mike has told me repeatedly that every summer their vacation was to go see ballparks. Every summer for roughly 60 years, they went to the Dixie Youth World Series and never once did Mr. Jim ever get to see any of his kin, any of his uh, children or grandchildren play in that game until this summer when his great-grandson played in that Dixie Youth uh, World Series uh, competition. So what we're honoring today is the legacy that is JPRD and uh, what I call the, the epitome of the ballpark family. When we think about Jefferson Parish and what is so great about it, we think about families. We think about popcorn at the ballpark. We think about, um, you know, all the things that are great that come with bringing our kids to the ballpark. And I think today we stand here, there is no greater embodiment of that than the legacy that Mr. Jim and Ms. Rosalie Quigley began some years ago. And let it not be understated that we are also here recognizing a gentleman from the greatest generation. Following his service in World War II, defending our country, ultimately came back to Jefferson Parish to help build the recreation department that we are here able to praise and enjoy every day. With that, a proclamation recognizing Ellis M. Jim Quigley and his family, a family which has been a mainstay of Jefferson Parish Recreation Department for over six decades, whereas Mr. Ellis Jim Quigley was born on February 16, 1924. I guess I could have done the math and not asked you the age, right? Oh, well. A graduate of St. Aloysius High School, class of 1942, and Loyola University, class of 1950, where he pitched for the Loyola baseball team. Whereas Jim is a World War II veteran who then returned from World War II to marry the girl across the street, Rosalie. They married on St. Patrick's Day in 1951, as Jim went on active duty in Germany. Their son, Mike Quigley, was born in Heidelberg, Germany, in 1954, where Jim was stationed with Rosalie. They returned back to the United States when Mike was just two years old. Whereas Jim and Rosalie have five children, Michael, Mark, Wayne, Scott, and Mary Sue, all who played at Metairie Playground. They have 16 grandchildren and 17 great-grandchildren. And whereas after Jim left the Army, he was hired by the Jefferson Parish Recreation Department on April 1st, 1964 at Metairie Playground, now known as Pontiff Playground today was then supervisor and then promoted to the recreation area coordinator on the East Bank. He retired in, on April 6, 1984, after 20-plus years of service to the, Jeff, the parish of Jefferson. And whereas during that time, Jim was named a national director for Dixie Youth Athletics, the franchise in which JPRD competed for more than the past five decades. Each summer, the Quigley family vacationed, the Quigley family vacation constituted travel to the Dixie Youth World Series, embodying the true definition of a JPRD ballpark family, while Jim served as the Louisiana National Director for that organization, with such responsibilities as studying and determining the legal bats allowed to be used across the nation for Dixie Youth. And whereas Jim's son, Mike Quigley, followed in his footsteps in Jefferson Parish Recreation, serving over 45 years in government, including as the Director of Recreation for JPRD, in the executive administration under two parish presidents, CAO, Chief Administrative Officer of the City of Kenner, and returned to Jefferson Parish on November 2nd, 2017, as the greatest job he ever got as the administrative assistant to Councilman Impostato. <laughs> and where, I don't think it's that funny. Uh, <laughs> 
And whereas during Jim's service as the National Director for Dixie Youth, traveling every summer for more than 40 years to the Dixie Youth World Series, none of his children nor grandchildren, no slight to you, um, <laughs> none of his children nor grandchildren were able to achieve the honor of playing in the Dixie Youth World Series. And whereas in 2021, Jim and Rosalie's great-grandson, Cullen Wynn, became the first Quigley in four generations to play in the Dixie Youth World Series as a member of the Pontiff Playground All-Star Championship team, Representing JPRD in the Dixie Youth World Series, Cullen gave him the first chance in 40-plus years to attend the Dixie Youth World Series as both the lifetime national director and as a family member of a player. And whereas Cullen and his 10-year-old JPRD team represented our state of Louisiana, where the district champs, regional champs, state champs, and brought home third place in the World Series, from, 11 from teams from 11 different states and were one of the last four teams standing of hundreds of teams in, in the southeastern United States is nothing short of amazing. Their home playground is Pontiff Playground, better known as Metairie Playground here in Jefferson Parish. And whereas Jim and Rosalie have been married for 69 years, are still in love as much today as they were then. 70. Well, that's Cheryl's fault. She gave me the wrong info. Um, <laughs> 70 years, 70 years, are in love as much today as they were from day one and are great role models for every person in this room and including for their grandchildren and great-grandchildren, but more importantly to all families in JPRD, creating the definition of a true JPRD ballpark family, representing all that Jefferson Parish has to offer families. That the Jefferson Parish Council and the Parish President, Cynthia Lee Shang, hereby recognize Jim Quigley for over six decades of community work that he has done for Jefferson Parish and in Dixie Youth Sports and wishes him well in the next 30 plus years of all of his endeavors. It's not an easy thing to surprise an old man at 97 years old. You know, I'm having a heart attack. We're sitting here. <laughs> and if you notice, as I got up, the blood don't circulate like it used to. It takes a long time to get there. And, you know, baseball and all sports has been in my heart. I've always enjoyed things. When I, even when I, play, I was playing college baseball, I always organized in the summertime the Tulane and Loyola boys. And I was willing to sit on a bench and be the manager and, and organize. So... My, I, that's my, I enjoyed organizing just as much as I did playing. And the only thing I'd like to say, I see uh, John Curtis is leaving here. When I started, he only had 100 victories, I think. And we, uh, we always, where are you going? But anyway, oh, it's, JT, it's a pleasure. Anyway, uh, if I get over the surprise, thank you. I thought I was coming over here to do something for Michael, you know. But I don't know. It's all Cheryl's fault. And anyway. <laughs> But, you know, I've never been, a, uh, when I was young, I was very, I was a quiet person. I never did, said very much. But as you get older, you remember more things and you uh, keep talking. And I learned to say a few words every once in a while. They may not be all legible, but anyway, I, I, I can talk. But I enjoyed my days and, and some of my best fr fr young friends. And one of the pleasures of being a supervisor is when you walk down the street, you see your old flares and say, 
Hi, Mr. Jim, how you doing, you know? And hearing from people that you, co you coached, you had con contact with, is a lot more rewarding than the salary we made. And I won't talk about what our salary was back then. <laughs> it wasn't very high, I can tell you that. There was more dedication than pay. But anyway, I enjoyed it. I appreciate what you've done. And uh, I'm happy about my family. Michael was a, a big help for me when I was uh, with the Recreation Department. He started coaching when he was probably about 11, 12 years old. And I left. I, I figured, you know, I, I've been retired longer than I worked. And that's unusual for somebody to say that. But I left early. I thought I still had enough youth, but I, I saw the potential Mike had to go faster than me. So I was glad to, to go to retirement. I've enjoyed retirement. I've enjoyed all my grandkids. I've enjoyed all the people. I've and I certainly thank you, everybody, for this honor. Thank you. Council members, parish president, and Quigley family, if y'all could join us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. Uh, thank you. Got a lot of writing there. I might take me a week to read that. <laughs> Just watch the replay. <laughs> yeah, I'm up. Oh, I got my baseball. I'm still baseball. I got my World Series tie on. Last but not least today, Councilwoman Vent Rankin. And congratulations again, Mr. Quigley. I love they're getting an age order over here. So. <laughs> That's a life well lived right there. Congrats.
Right, that is a tough act to follow with 97 years of dedication. But um, this is a proclamation, um, and if the parish president will, will join me, and this is really from the entire council. I have the pleasure of having the Jefferson Chamber of Commerce based in my council district in District 5, but each and every council member, as well as the parish administration, so much of what we do every day is focused on our small business community, because that's really the backbone of Jefferson. We're a community of small businesses. So you can imagine then how significant, how important the Jefferson Chamber of Commerce is to us as a partner each and every day, especially in some of the challenging times that we've had recently with COVID. And, um, and, and trying to figure out paths for our small businesses to still continue to thrive and be successful uh, in a very challenging time. We want to bring up Todd Murphy, who is uh, just about to be the outgoing um, head of our Chamber of Commerce. And we could not let that occasion pass uh, as a council, as a, as a parish government, without recognizing the efforts. I know one of the um, most incredible experiences that I've had recently was our trip to Nashville, which you and your team organized um, over a period of several years to go to another community to see what's working right, to see how they've spent decades getting to a place that's really vibrant and thriving, um, and to learn some of those lessons. We don't need to recreate the wheel in every occasion. And Todd, that was an incredible experience. I know for all of us who were there, um, the Parish President and I have, have talked about some of those lessons learned. So again, on behalf of the, the administration and the council, Whereas the Jefferson Chamber of Commerce was founded in 1997 to fill the need of an organization focused on advocating for businesses here in Jefferson Parish. Whereas the Jefferson Chamber grew since that time to now represent more than 900 companies working daily to improve the business climate and to create business opportunities and to tackle quality of life issues in Jefferson Parish. Whereas Todd Murphy was named president of the Jefferson Chamber in May of 2012, and since then, membership and revenue increased by 35%. This is a, a, an important statistic, too. Whereas um, under Todd's leadership, the Jefferson Chamber of Commerce was recognized as State Chamber of the Year 2013, 2015, and 2019 by the Louisiana Association of Chambers of Commerce, executives and named Economic Development Partner of the Year by the Louisiana Association of Business and Industry Lobby in 2018. Whereas the United States Chamber of Commerce awarded the Jefferson Chamber five-star accreditation in 2018 for its sound policies, effective organizational procedures, and positive impact on the community, this accreditation is only held by 132 out of 7,000 chambers and ranks the Jefferson Chamber in the top 2% of Chambers of Commerce in the United States. Whereas the Jefferson Chamber of Commerce has advanced regional travel and tourism, supported the industrial development of the West Bank, drove forward ride share services in our region, and continues to advocate for the redevelopment of Fat City through public-private partnerships. Whereas the Jefferson Chamber's Live Well Jefferson Program, uh, Chamber, of, Chamber Foundation, and political action committees have all flourished during Todd's tenure as president. Whereas Todd is a champion of public education and has worked very closely with the Jefferson Parish Public School System and the school board to retain teachers and leaders, and founder of Ready Louisiana, the statewide bipartisan group focused on investing in quality, affordable, early child care education. Whereas one of Todd's most outstanding achievements is the positive culture he developed among his team and in our community. 
whereas this council wishes to recognize and commend Mr. Todd Murphy for his remarkable contributions to our community upon his departure as president of the Jefferson Chamber of Commerce. Now, therefore, the Jefferson Parish Council of Jefferson Parish, Louisiana, recognizes, commends, and thanks Todd Murphy for his dedicated service to the business and the people of Jefferson Parish in his nine years as president of the Jefferson Chamber of Commerce. Job well done, Todd. I don't know how I got on this agenda today after all these heroes came up, and I haven't said that in over nine years, but um, I'm really honored and, and humbled by this. It's been a great ride. Um, I've enjoyed working with this council and, and previous councils. I think what, what is so awesome about this parish is the, the teamwork we have, and you saw that from the JPRD kids that were here earlier, um, to all the heroes that you've celebrated here this morning that worked so hard during this hurricane, whether whether it's elected officials or civic leaders or Mr. Sal LaRock, who just volunteers for everything and everybody all the time. Um, just so many people working together. And I think that um, as elected officials, you guys really see the bigger picture. And, you know, that it's not just, and I know you've got a whole agenda about giving out contracts, but it's not just about giving out contracts. It's about having a vision to make our parish the greatest parish in the region. And, 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 and if not in the state, and just to do wonderful things to bring in new business and new opportunities and new families. And I think that's really what has set us apart. And if you look back over these last couple of years with, I think you guys have been in the, what do you call it, the bunker, the, the uh, EMS, uh, what, nine or ten times for storms. Um, certainly Ida really played a, a, a tough part. Um, the, the miraculous recovery that this parish made through, through the, uh, the pandemic is just amazing. And this parish is poised to do so many great things. And I just want to say thank you. I think, you know, our, our chamber is, is led by a bunch of volunteers, hundreds of volunteers, literally, a very small staff of seven of us. Um, but it's, it's this inner working, uh, the spirit of cooperation and collaboration that goes on every day in our parish that, that just makes me proud. And I, I came into this job saying I'm going to do this for two years and I'm going to raise the bar a little bit. And after nine and a half years, I'm proud to stand here and tell you that that we all collectively really raise the bar for Jefferson Parish. So thank you very much. I'm, I'm just truly honored. Thank you. Retiring to another career. He's going to make real money. Yeah, he's going to make real money. Todd, thank you for all the work that you've done over the past nine years, specifically these past couple. 
it's been tough for everybody, but the, the chamber has always been on the forefront of getting people back to work and making sure our businesses are going to prosper and that we're doing the right things. Uh, as much of a pleasure as you said it was for you to work with us, it's been equally our pleasure to work with you. It's been a short time for me, longer for others, but it's been great. Best of luck in the next adventure, and I'm sure we'll be seeing plenty of you still. Thank you. Anybody else want to do a proclamation? That's it. <clears throat> but yeah, as far as proclamations go, today was a red letter day, I think. That was, that was a pretty good assortment of proclamations. Thanks to everybody who was here today and who received one. Um, let's get this, biz this uh, business meeting rolling today. This is the Jefferson Parish Council meeting, Wednesday, October 27th. We're in the Joseph S. Yeti Building, 1221 Elmwood Park Boulevard in Jefferson, Louisiana. Thank you for being here. The meeting is now called to order. Councilwoman Van Vryken has our invocation today. Uh, if you've joined us for any portion of this meeting uh, thus far in the proclamations we've given, there are a few evident themes. One is teamwork. Um, one is doing something you're passionate about um, and that God has called you to do. And, um, and it's about dedication commitment to our community. And so I really can't think of a better person uh, to lead us in prayer as we start this council meeting than Coach J.T. Curtis. Um, we celebrated uh, Coach Curtis for his 600 wins, which puts him in the elite of coaches across the nation in any, um, any sport at any level. But what really makes him special also is um, I can't think of a finer uh, Christian example of how to live day to day, how to know what God has called you to do, how to commit yourself to doing that every day, and the impact that you can have on our community. So you're not only a role model to the students that you've touched, but really to our community. You know, as a council, um, as an administration, the, the team of Jefferson Parish uh, understands what, what those attributes are to work together and, and um, cooperate and, and achieve goals. And so we really appreciate you being here to set the tone for us and to lead us in prayer. I don't need to say to you as we stand the importance of the work that you do, the difficulty that the people in our community are going through, both with physical loss or emotional difficulty, the stresses that they are under. And as we pray, I'm going to ask God's blessings on you as you move forward to move our community forward. Let's pray together. Father God, we come to you so thankful that we could be here today to see people that have given unselfishly, unselfishly of their time and their energy and their effort to serve you by serving their fellow man. And we know that that is the mission that you have given to each of us that are called by your name, that we are to reach out and to serve others. And now as we get into this meeting today, we ask that your blessings be upon this council and that each one of them individually will recognize the importance of their role in leading our community forward, and that as they do so, they serve the residents of this parish in a way that is pleasing and honoring to you, and that by the actions that we take here today, men might know that you're God, that you love them, and that we appreciate all that you have done for us. Again, we pause to be with those that are in time of need, we ask that you would send your spirit to minister to them. For we ask it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can you lead us in the pledge too, Coach? 
Let's pledge together. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you, Coach Curtis. We'll have you back here when you set that record in a couple of years. Madam Clerk, please call the roll. Yes, sir. Chairman Walker. Present. Councilman Template. Present. Councilman Edwards. Present. Councilman Bonanno. Here. Councilman Lee. Here. Councilman Impostato. Present. Councilwoman Van Rankin. Present. Parish President Ms. Lee Shang. Yes, ma'am. And I completed the roll. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Madam President, the floor is yours. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, I also want to congratulate Todd and thank him for um, all of his incredible work in Jefferson Parish. We, we are fortunate to have the support, uh, not only in, in front, but really behind the scenes with our business community. And um, we're grateful for that. And that, that leadership comes from the top during Todd's tenure. So we want to thank, thank him for his work, and we will miss him very much. Um, I'll start with the budget. We, we have um, the 2022 proposed budget was transmitted and distributed to you all earlier this week, and I know you will take that up at a future council meeting. We just want to call attention to it. Um, the public notice has been advertised in the official journal today, and the ordinance um, will be read into summary at the end of this council meeting today. So the, um, the 2022 annual proposed budget is $743 million. That's $582 million for operations, $84 million for capital improvements, $42 million for debt repayments, and $35 million for grant funds. And we will go into more detail um, at next meeting, or exactly more detail in the budget, but I did want to point that out that we are in the budgetary process now. As for a COVID mandate, um, COVID has improved greatly in our area. We have less than a 2% positivity rate in Jefferson Parish. Per the governor's statewide mass mandate is now lifted as of today, which includes Jefferson Parish. We will abide by um, that order and, and happily follow that order. So the mass mandate in our Jefferson Parish government buildings will also be lifted. Federal mass mandates are still required, however, which includes transit, airlines, rail, rideshare, taxis, and certainly in healthcare settings. And the mass mandate <clears throat> for public schools from, from K to 12, uh, is in place. However, each local district will have the ability to opt out, and I believe Dr. Gray sent out a message that there will be further information on that um, later this week. Booster shots for COVID, ages 12 and above, obviously are eligible for the COVID vaccine. Pfizer, just a reminder, Pfizer is the only one approved for people aged 12 to 17 now, but we want to make sure that booster shots are available to adults at increased risk following the new guidance from CDC, and people get a little confused about this, so I just want to go over um, and remind everyone, you must have received a Pfizer or Moderna um, shot at least six months ago or a Johnson & Johnson shot two months ago to be eligible for a booster. The eligible booster groups include 65 years and older, 18 and older with health conditions, 18 and older in certain work settings that make you more exposed, and 18 and older in institutional settings such as correctional facilities or a homeless shelter. So some of those work settings that um, allow you to be eligible 18 and above is a healthcare worker, a first responder, education staff, manufacturing workers, correction workers, postal workers, public transit workers, grocery store workers, all of those essential businesses. Um, remember now, adults can now mix and match their booster shots. Uh, we want to make sure people understand that vaccinations are available throughout the parish at many of the same places you get it through your healthcare industry, but we are also providing boosters at Alario Center Monday through Friday, 8 to 4, 
and Saturday 8 to 2, as well as Lakeside Mall and Oakwood Mall. We participate at the Ilario Center with the State Shot for 100 program, so anyone who gets their first shot at the Ilario Center will also receive a $100 gift card. And please make sure you can find all these resources at covid.jeffparish.net. We're also going to be sponsoring in collaboration with the Louisiana Department of Health um, a, uh, at Johnny Jacobs Playground a COVID-19 vaccine and booster flu event, flu shot event. So this is Johnny Jacobs Playground, Saturday, November 6th. Um, that's in Marrero. Vaccines are free and participants do not need to provide identification. If you're six months or older, you are recommended to get um, the flu vaccine with there are rare exceptions in that case. Also, we are hosting a blood drive um, because we are short on blood dealing with the storm and COVID. So Oshner Blood Bank, we're hosting this with them November 1st from 8 to 4 at the Yenny Building and November 3rd from 8 to 4 at the GGB. Anyone that donates will have a chance to win two plaza-level Saints tickets and a fried turkey. So employees who donate will also get a free dress-down day on Wednesday, November 24, 2021. In terms of our Jeff Cap program, our Head Start program is enrolling children six weeks to five years old, so we want to make sure everybody understands that and is ready for that. Um, Jeff Cap's Head Start Read for the Record Day is tomorrow. I look forward to doing that. I think many of you are doing that as well. This is a, the Read for the Record is a national campaign launched over a decade ago to address the educational inequities that leave too many children unprepared for kindergarten. So this year's featured book is titled Amy Wu and the Patchwork Dragon by Kat Zhang. So we look forward to reading that book to our youngest citizens. Also, Jeff Cap is going to be hosting an emergency rental assistance program outreach event at the Dorothy B. Watson Community Center on November 3rd from 10 to 3. We're going to have representatives from Je Jeff Cap and from our Head Start in Housing programs to be able to indi assist individuals in person um, who want to enroll in Head Start or have um, uh, questions about mortgage payments. So and this will include Jefferson Parish Department of Community Development, Workforce Connection, Southeast Legal Services will also be there. Again, it's rental assistance, rapid rehousing assistance, legal assistance, job placement, and career training. Our fire department has done this many times before. They'll be participating in the 9-11 stair climb. That's going to take place on November 20th at 9 a.m. at 400 Poitras in New Orleans. So that event was rescheduled to Hurricane Ida, but we're happy to participate in that very important event again this year. Um, Trunk or Treat is this Friday at Lafreniere Park at 6 p.m. It's a $5 charge for children uh, 12 and under. Many departments will be uh, participating in them this year. My office will be partnering with our J-Paws, our, our, um, our, our animals, to, um, to be highlighting some animals up for adoption, so we look forward to that. So as well, J-Paws is hosting an adoption event with Heaven's Pet for their 15th anniversary celebration at Heaven's Pet Lake Lawn Cemetery. Um, J-Paws did rescue transports on October 14th, 15th, and 16th with a total of 15 dogs, leaving through partnerships with Wings of Rescue and Great Good Charities. So they're gearing up for the holiday season. We're hoping to announce $10 adoptions very soon. Also new in our transit department, in partnership with Lighthouse Louisiana, launched a Mo Mobility Assistance Card Program. This program benefits riders of public transportation who are blind, deafblind or have low vision. Essentially, essentially, this program is modeled after similar programs across the country. Um, citizens can hold up a card so the bus driver sees that their, their assistance and is able to assist them getting on and off the bus. So this is a great program that we're excited to be launching. In terms of IDA updates, we're working with FEMA and the state to secure temporary housing 
As people are getting registered, they're rolling out housing on a first-come, first-served basis in no particular order across the parishes. So as of Monday, we had nine um, trailers being cleaned and prepared. Two were already being leased in Upper Crown, um, Upper Crown Point. So this is being run, as I said, as a bridge program by the state. And we're also working with FEMA on their trailer program as well. So it's two different temporary housing programs that we're working with. Um, the state is developing a dashboard to show the process of temporary housing, and we're going to share that on our IDA dashboard as well. Hurricane Ida Shelter Program Community Outreach Specialist will be available at the Grand Isle Multiplex tomorrow, which is Thursday from 10 to 6, and Saturday from 10 to 6, and also at the Lafitte Civic Center today, 12 to 6, tomorrow, Thursday, 12 to 6, and Friday from 12 to 6. <clears throat> We were hoping to announce that recycling would be able to get, begin on November 1st, but we were informed by Waste Connections that we're not able to meet that target date. This is due to staffing and shortage issues and continued efforts for those resources to be um, placed in the garbage collection arena. So um, there is a large amount of garbage that's being mixed with tree debris and, and construction and demolition degree. That is creating more work for their limited crews. Recycling drivers are also helping with the trash efforts. So um, Waste Connections is hoping to hire and train more people to, to collect the extra tonnages, and I believe there are representatives here for that if they have any more questions. Uh, we want to remind everybody that FEMA has disaster recovery centers. The DRC is at the Alario Center Monday through Saturday from 9 to 6, and the Grand Isle Multiplex from 9 to 6. And then I just want to talk briefly about the flood insurance program. Uh, many of you have started to hear about that. There are going to be major changes to the NFIP, the National Flood Insurance Program, that could really be financially devastating to a lot of our constituents. It's being called Risk Rating 2.0. This is FEMA's new pricing methodology. Uh, they're looking at a lot uh, of additional categories that the, compare to historical um, formulas. Um, it looks at different kinds of flooding that can damage property, including storm, heavy rainfall, coastal erosion, and not just uh, a focus on the property's base flood elevation. So there are fears that some of our property owners, their premium could go from hundreds of dollars to thousands of dollars. Um, we are urging the administration to stave off risk rating 2.0. This includes both sides of the aisle. We have partnerships with Republicans and Democrats. Um, that, that community is going to be affected. This is going to be one of those rare issues that you're going to see uh, geography probably and, and coastal areas um, on both sides of the aisle gearing up for this. So there is also a, already a coalition for sustainable flood insurance that includes 35 states and has been working to get Congress to reform the flood insurance program. Um, for those of you who are interested, you are able to call your insurance agent and ask your insurance agent what your flood rate's going to be. This will kick in for existing policyholders in April of next year. So you're able to call your agent and ask them um, what your rate is going to be. So you can see how much your flood insurance is going to go up unless this program um, gets delayed. In terms of Grand Isle, Entergy completed polls on both sides of LA-1. Over 2,000 poles have been placed and hardened on the island. Uh, temporary waterline from Lafouche to Chenier Island is over halfway done. We're still under a do not drink order that is still in effect. In Lafitte, our public works departments continue to make great progress on both sides of Lower Lafitte and Baratarium. There is certainly still a lot of mud. Good news is Atmos is reporting that everyone who wants gas in Lafitte and can take it will be turned on within the week. And certainly we're also widening the ditches to get better, better drainage in the area for the future. Um, this, we have a cemetery task force uh, that we were involved with. Um, 
uh, the meeting took place on Saturday in Lafitte. We had a lot of caskets that were removed from their resting place. Many of those families were very concerned about that. So there is a state cemetery task force, and the reburial of those um, individuals will take place in the next year. And then finally, um, we are partnering with JEDCO with a focus on our fishermen for the town of Jean Lafitte. Uh, event. It's called Focus on Our Fishermen, November 9th from 4 to 7 at the Jean Lafitte Auditorium. This event is to provide fishermen and fisheries-related businesses with access to tools and resources that can guide their recovery and beyond. So please pay attention to that event. And just uh, as a final reminder, you can find all of this information that we have on one dashboard at www.jeffparish.net and click the banner on the top for our IDA dashboard with links to all of these resources. Thank you. Madam President, quick question. We had been um, you know, peppered with a lot of questions about recycling leading up to this announcement that it was going to be November 1st. So what was the thinking behind announcing that date? Because people I had talked to weren't confident we were going to get to that possibly before the end of November. But I saw we said November 1st, and we all put it out there and shared it. And I think now there will probably be more confusion leading up to that November 1st date from people who said, well, you said it was going to be November 1st. So what is the thinking going forward for this? So, uh, you know, we were getting a lot of questions about recycling. We were told that we were going to be able, and we always put out a target date of November 1st, that we were very careful to always put out a target date of November 1st. But I'm, I'm told even at the recycling facility itself, there's not enough staffing there. I think it's a staffing issue. I don't know if somebody is here to, to speak. Clay? Mr. Richardson? Yeah, Clay Richardson is coming up to go over the specifics of that. Good morning, Council, President Shane. I'll apologize for even giving the date. I'm, I'm the one that actually has given them a date back probably, you know, the beginning of the storm. We knew we weren't going to be able to start it immediately and probably gave a tentatively date of November 1st. We were never set in stone, and that's why I just said tentatively we would try to start it November 1st. About a week ago, two weeks ago, we, with the shortage of people that left during the storm that haven't been able to move back, whether it be apartments, whether it their house be destroyed. We're trying to rehire as many people as we can to get them trained, but it's not a quick pot process. Um, I, another date, tentatively December 1st, and I feel pretty sure that we will um, make that date. We had some damage at the MRF that we have completed, and we've got that, but all those employees that were there, um, staff of 14 people, we kept as many of them on that we could. The rest of them, um, are gone. We have to retrain those also. But with the 40% increase that started off nights to about 33%, if we stop and go to recycling as of tomorrow, um, we're going to leave a lot of mixed garbage down on the ground that I think you're going to get a lot more complaints and disruptions than with the recycling. And I, I think it's the right decision to, you know, at least give us four more weeks to help pick up the contaminated piles that's mixed with garbage. Yeah, no question. That should be the priority right now, I think, over the recycling. I just, in the future, maybe stay away from dates until we know we're, <laughs> until we know we're ready to pick up the recycling. I agree. Just to be safe. Even December 1st. Wait till the day before and say, okay, we're doing it tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you, Clay. I appreciate it. Does anybody else have anything for the parish president? Thank you, Madam President. Anyone who would like to speak on resolutions on the agenda or addendum agenda can do so now. You can uh, fill out a request a speak card in the back of chambers if you'd like to speak. You have three minutes. Please state your full name and address for the record, please. John Frankie Hires, 509 Homer Boulevard. 
got a nice big agenda this this uh, this one we'll go with the 33 and 37 a lot of money going to Ram J um, I'm curious to know when we have a tabulation price of a big contract price of 8.4 million and then the contract shall not exceed 10 million does that mean that we got 18 million is it 8 million for the contract 10 million for the cost of uh, the expenditures so we're looking at 18.4 plus 10 percent million dollars going for this drainage project and maintenance I wanted to understand that that difference um, on 37 uh, I wonder how many aprons are we going to get for 3.5 million dollars over the next two years driveway aprons 3.5 million dollars and this is going to JEDCO or I mean this is agencies and municipalities so is this serving unincorporated or municipalities how much revenue are we getting on 36 for the highest responsible bid from modern metals and then uh, a million plus for maintenance on ele uh, elevators seems a bit pricey I don't know how many big buildings we have including this one and uh, across the river uh, clarification on 42 is this money three point three and a half grand on is this all storm related stuff that we're paying more for these these overages on the contracts and on 40 are we missing the 10 percent exceeding amount that contract that one has a five five hundred ninety three thousand plus six hundred thousand expenditures I don't see a 10 percent plus adage I don't know if that's just missed on this one or if it needs to be added how are we doing on time Got a minute 15. Cool. A lot of money, a lot of overages going to engineers, and you all know how I feel about engineers. I'm, I'm pretty sure we've hired them all. I'm told there's only about 30 engineering firms in Jefferson Parish. I know from April we've hired 30-plus. Of course, that includes mechanical and electrical engineers, so I may be off depending on how we count them. But we're getting a little excessive with the engineering hirings, and it concerns me. Because we have an engineering department and uh, how many engineers can it take I believe that covers me on most of this so thank you anybody else like to address the council mr. chairman we can discuss with mr. Harris in the back if yeah if anybody wants to answer his questions go ahead feel free In the future, if we could just not hire any engineers, then we just won't get any work done ever for the rest of the parish's history. That would. <clears throat> All right, let's move on to, if there's nobody else willing to speak. I have a note that number one is to be canceled. Any objection to the cancellation of summary number 25775 due to the withdrawal by the applicant, a motion of Councilwoman Van Franken, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Numbers two through four, um, we have to defer to our December 8th meeting. And if you're curious, this is the reason why. Our official journal, The Advocate, did not advertise these as required, forcing us to start the process over and delay the process. Uh, so it was a mistake. It was an unfortunate mistake. And Feynman, this is no reflection on the wonderful work that you do for the time speaking in The Advocate. But nevertheless, um, it was a mistake that, that put things back a few months. So two, three, and four need to be deferred to our December 8th meeting. Is there any objection to the deferral of items two through four to December 8th on motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. Uh, Madam Clerk, number five, please.
a, resol <clears throat> a resolution selecting a licensed Louisiana child psychologist to provide mental health services to enrolled children and child care partners for the Department of Jefferson Community Action Programs, Head Start Birth to Five for Jefferson Parish. Councilman Template. Tulane Medical Center. Any objection to the selection of the only qualified proposer, uh, Tulane Medical Center? On motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. We have no executive session today, everybody. So we'll skip that and not come back to it. Madam Clerk, item number seven. Summary number 25773, amending the official zoning map, lots J, K, L, M, Y, and Z, square one, Lakeshore subdivision, located at 1716 through 1720 Mayan Lane, more particularly amending the zoning classification from OBM1 to OBM2, EZ 1721, Council District 5. We can waive the reading on this item, so we open the public hearing for summary number 25773. Anyone in favor or opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, note that no one has appeared. Councilwoman Van Vranken. Move for approval. Any objection to the approval of summary number 25773 on motion of Councilwoman Van Vranken, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item number eight, please, Madam Clerk. Summary number 25774, amend Chapter 33 and Chapter 40, Zoning of the Code, to amend the descriptions and or definitions of clinic and medical or diagnostic laboratory and add clinic as a permitted use in the old Bucktown mixed-use commercial district, OBM2, Council District 5. We can waive the reading here as well. Anyone, uh, we're now open the public hearing for summary number 25774. Anyone in favor or opposition, please come forward. No one has appeared. Madam Clerk, Councilwoman Van Ranken. Move for approval. Any objections to the approval of summary number 25774 on motion of Councilwoman Van Ranken, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Uh, item number nine, Madam Clerk, is that going to be deferred to November 10th? I, I don't have that notation. Yes. That is going to be, okay. That was a last-minute addition. So is there any objection to uh, deferring? Item number 10 to our November 10th meeting on motion of Councilman Edwards, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hang on. Is that item number 9 being deferred? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. You said 10. I'm sorry. I was thinking November 10th. Let me say it one more time. Is there any objection to the deferral of item number 9, summary number 25776, to November 10th on motion of Councilman Edwards, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. Item number 10, please. Summary number 25777, amend Chapter 2, Administration, Article 7, Finances, Contracts, Purchases, and Sales, Division 3, Restrictions on Contracts and Other Agreements, Section 2-925.1, Generally. We now open the public hearing for summary number 25777. Anyone in favor or opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, note that no one has appeared. Councilman Template. Any objection to the approval of summary number 25777 on motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Madam Clerk, item number 11, the operating budget with amendments, please. Summary number 25778, amending the 2021 operating budget, and the amendment is as follows. Um, allocate $20,000 from Council District 1's off-track betting fund to the City of Gretna for an agreement to provide holiday decoration. Any objection to the amendment being brought from the floor? Hearing none, so ordered. Councilman Template, your motion on the amendment? I move. Any objection to the adoption of that amendment? A motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered.
We'll open the public hearing for summary number 25778 as amended. Anyone in favor or opposition, please come forward. Guyers, 509 Homa. I'll rise in opposition for every additional spending. So until this, uh, we amend this operating budget or the capital budget down, yeah, I'd like to see not you do do less. I'd like to see you not hire engineers and, and do less. Restraint is important. It's hard to market. Opportunity is real easy to seize. But I'm going to rise in objection to every uh, amendment that increases our budget, either operating or capital. Thank you. You do understand we have to amend the, the budget. Okay, that's fine. Councilman, uh, Madam Clerk, note that one appeared in opposition. Councilman Template, your motion? I move as amended. Any objections to the approval of summary number 25778 as amended on a motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. Item number 12, please, with amendments. An ordinance amending the 2021 capital budget of Jefferson Parish. The proposed amendment would recognize a transfer of $58,955 from the Alario Center Capital Projects Fund, project number 46600.000, and $66,526 from the Millage Capital Projects Fund, project number 56030.000, for a total of $125,481 to restore, repair, and refinish the basketball courts in Hall B Project 46610.0024 from damages sustained at the Alario Center following Hurricane Ida. So for a quick example before we get any further, if we didn't do that, if we didn't amend the budget for that, then the Alario Center's floor would never be fixed and we'd never be able to play basketball there again. Any objections to the amendments being brought from the floor? Hearing none, so ordered. Councilman Template, your motion on the amendments. Any objection to the adoption of the amendments on motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. The public hearing is now open for summary number 25779 as amended. Anyone in favor or opposition, please come forward. rising in opposition. Um, spending money is fine, and, and it would be all well and good if done by any method prescribed within the Constitution. But because you're arbitrarily constituted, I must rise in opposition. So every spending and everything, you, really everything you do here, has been done arbitrarily. You got five districts, two at large. There's no methodology by which that was constituted, which means that I have to rise in opposition just on principle. If okay. you had any, I would go along with it, but you don't have any. Okay. You're wrong, but we'll move forward. Um, Madam Clerk, note that one has spoken in opposition. Councilman Template, your motion? I move as amended. Any objections to the approval of summary number 25779 as amended on motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. Number 13, please, Madam Clerk. Um, resolutions from the floor. Councilwoman Van Rankin. Yes, ma'am, if you'll read those. Yes, ma'am. A resolution granting St. Louis King of France to hold their Bruise and Bites, Where Everyone Knows Your Name, event on Saturday, November 13, 2021, from 7 p.m. until 11 p.m., provided that all permits have been obtained. Any objections to that resolution being brought from the floor? Hearing none, so ordered. We now have the public hearing on that resolution being brought from the floor. Anyone in favor or opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, note that no one has appeared. Any objections to the adoption of that resolution brought forward in motion by Councilwoman Van Franken, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. Councilman Edwards. I have none. 
Councilman Bonanno. Councilman Lee. I have none. Councilman Walker. I have none. Councilman Template. I have none. Councilman Impostato. No, ma'am. I have completed the roll. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Consent Agenda 1. Any objection to the uh, in-global adoption of items 40, uh, excuse me, 14 through 73 minus numbers 15 and 20, which are to be canceled? On motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. So we move to item number 74 and consent agenda two. Is there any objection to the in-global adoption of items 74 through 109? On motion of Councilman, excuse me, 74 through 109 and deferring 79 to November 10th. Is that correct, Madam Clerk? Any objections to the in-global adoption of items 74 through 109, deferring number 79, on motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker? Hearing none, so ordered. That is deferring that item to November 10th. That takes us to item 110 now on the addendum agenda. Is there any objection to the in-global adoption of addendum agenda items 1, through 19, minus number 3, number 17, and number 20, which are to be canceled. Item number 5, which we'll pull for discussion for Councilman Bonanno. Item 14, which is to be amended. And item 15, which is to be deferred to November 10th. Is that everything? Yes, sir. On motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. So we'll pull out item number five for Councilman Bonanno. And you have to unmute yourself, Dina. A resolution requesting the Jefferson Parish Personnel and the Human Resources Department to amend Personnel Rule 9, Section 4.6B, relative to pre-approved leave for parish employees in a declared emergency during which parish departments are closed at the direction of the parish president. Madam President, I just want to make sure that we're taking this matter with um, importance and speed. As I understand, there's a rule in our personnel rules that says that if you schedule leave prior to a declared emergency by the parish president, you're still charged for that leave, even if you weren't able to attend the doctor's appointment that you were supposed to attend or you couldn't go on your family vacation. That's just patently unfair to our employees who work so hard. So I'd ask your administration to please make that a priority to change that rule to put whatever in place that allows them to cancel their leave on a declared emergency. Thank you. Is there a motion, Councilman Bonanno? Yes, move for approval. Any objection to the adoption of that resolution? A motion of Councilman Bonanno, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. That takes us to uh, special districts, and these have to be handled individually. And item number 11 starts us off, excuse me, 111 starts us off. We Madam Clerk. Go to item number 14 on the addendum agenda. It needs to be amended. I'm sorry. Skip right past that. Item 14 on the addendum agenda. Please read that with amendments. And uh, it's a resolution approving amendment number two to an intergovernmental agreement between the parish of Jefferson and the city of Gretna to provide additional funding. And it's the amount that is the amendment. And the amount has been increased to $20,000 for the installation of holiday decorations in the city of Gretna and to allow the city of Gretna to use a comfort station for its return 
to the River Concert on October 29, 2021. Councilman Edwards, your motion on the amendments? I move to approve. Any objection to the adoption of the amendments? A motion of Councilman Edwards, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. So is there any objection to the adoption of that resolution as amended? A motion of Councilman Edwards, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. That takes us to item 111, please, now, and special districts. Madam Clerk, please read item 111. A resolution selecting a firm to obtain a single health care provider to provide a comprehensive performance-based health and welfare program for the East Bank Consolidated Fire Department under RFP number 426, Council Districts 2 through 5. Councilwoman Van Breken. The highest score was uh, by EJ LCMC, and so uh, that would be my selection. Is there any objection to that highest scored qualifier, uh, the qualified proposal? LCMC Health Holdings, DBA, East Jefferson General Hospital. A motion of Councilwoman Van Branken, seconded by Councilman Bonanno. Hearing none, so ordered. Item 112, please. A resolution authorizing a contract between Howard Technology Solutions and the Jefferson Parish Communication District. Councilman Template. Any objections to the adoption of that resolution? A motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item 113, please. Summary number 25780, amending ordinance number 26281 to clarify the dates that rate increases occur to ratify the rates currently in effect within subdistrict number one of consolidated district number two of the parish of Jefferson, Louisiana, and to exclude said subdistrict from the rate increases to provide that revenues generated in excess of operating expenses and debt service obligations shall be dedicated to capital expenditures. We now open the public hearing for summary number 25780. Anyone in favor or opposition, please come forward. Madam Clerk, note that no one has appeared. Councilman Template. Any objections to the approval of summary number 25780 and motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Item 114, please. Summary number 25781, amending ordinance number 26282 to correct the metered water consumption included in base charges to clarify the dates that rate increases occur to provide that revenues generated in excess of operating expenses and debt service obligations shall be dedicated to capital expenditures. We now have the public hearing for summary number 25781. Anyone in favor or opposition, please come forward. No one has appeared, Madam Clerk. Councilman Template. Any objections to the approval of summary number 25781, a motion of Councilman Template, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. No new business, no status reports. Number 115 now. Anyone wishing to appear before the Council on special, special subject matters can do so now. Again, you have to fill out a request to speak card in the back of chambers. Before you do so, you have three minutes to speak on any matters not related to items on the agenda. Please state your full name and uh, address for the record, please. Frankie Hires, 509 Home Boulevard. So, um, at the first enumeration, with a bill that narrowly passed through both chambers, Jefferson gave his official opinion to George Washington. And he said, if this was found, you know, found to, to come to just and tolerable results, that would all be well and good. But if come to by any manner not prescribed within the Constitution, be arbitrary and inadmissible. I know my council person right there, Ms. Van Branken, is not a fan of the arbitrary. I'm going to do this for you like I did the, the Charter Review Board. Five and two. We got five districts we all live in, right? 
in a Republican form of government, you might think that a majority would rule. That'd be three. Three out of five is where the majority of all of us, all of us, including the parish president, live in a majority of three districts. It could be any three, even though we have a disparity of about ten to 20,000, which is outside of the constitutional prescribed amount from a Supreme Court decision in the 60s. When you add two at large, suddenly a majority of seven is four. These two got to live somewhere in five, right? Let's imagine they just live in these two. Suddenly you have a majority of power distributed to a minority of districts. And why there's never any opposition from anybody about anything they spend is because if anybody were to oppose the two districts, I'm betting our one in five where our at-large persons live, anybody were to oppose the spending that these two districts have determined to make, well, one little piggy's going to market. I'm not sure which piggy's going home. Some piggy is going to go wee-wee. We'll go with the PG version, right? This little piggy is going to go wee-wee home if any of you oppose each other ever. The application of one ratio is intelligible to them. While the complex operations of how you've distributed power, nobody could explain. Not you, Mr. Walker. You couldn't explain it. You couldn't explain five and two. It can't be explained because it's arbitrary and inadmissible. I'm not wrong. I'm just a fool playing to a court. Madam President, my criticisms were not directed at you. They were directed at the council. You've made it clear to me that you're not available to the constituency. Everything must be done through the council, not you directly ever. I will never directly uh, refer to you again. And I'd appreciate it if you leave my comments alone. I could real quick, Mr. Walker. Yeah, one, one thing real quick, Councilman Bonanno. Councilman Van Franken, I live in District 5. Have I ever opposed spending in your district? I have. He has. I have. <laughs> I can. It's the district I live in. It's the district she represents, and I have a post spending in that district. Yep. He definitely has, and we've had discussions it about it. But again, look. Um, Thanks for coming. Maybe in the future, because I think Councilman Bonanno wants to mention something to you. If you want to stick around for a second, and maybe Parish Attorney um, Peggy Barton. I know we don't need to address it at this meeting um, per se, but I know our districts, how they're composed. These all go through um, review. And, um, and so maybe it, it's something, in fact, we're in the redistricting process right now to make sure that the districts are equitable, that we are um, in adherence with the courts and, and the rules that govern us. So again, maybe some information to Mr. Heyer on, on um, how we feel comfortable that the structure that we have is in fact approved. Councilman Bonanno. Just for the record, Mr. Heyer, you say the decision on establishing five districts and two at large was arbitrary. I'll have you know there's a thing called a charter and the people of this parish vote to approve the charter, not these people sitting here. So the decision to go to that form of government was by the citizens of this parish, not this council. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Hires. Can't yell from the back of the chambers. Sometimes you just need to take a deep breath. I've been on DayQuil and NyQuil all week, so I was just a little, just been one of those days. <clears throat> and we have others to come up to the podium, so please do so and uh, state your full name and address for the record, please. You have three minutes to speak. Apologize for the delay. Uh, before I begin, can I just give a little setup of the area that I'm talking about? 
Yeah, you have three minutes, so you can say whatever you want in those three minutes. Okay, I'm here about, uh, oh, sorry, Armin Jackson, 3515 18th Street. Uh, it's like a half block off Severn in the business district. Uh, been having some issues with the building next door at 3509 18th Street. From, it's a, I don't know if I should mention a business name, uh, what's, what type of business it is, but there's a business on the bottom, there's an upstairs area, and there's been all types of parties, and there's been individuals urinating, vomiting on the property. They come over on our side of the property and they urinate and they vomit. It was just handed to the president uh, in, in, uh, an incident report. There's more of a character uh, voucher. And uh, I've been out there like uh, month after month, event after event, cleaning up urine, cleaning up vomit. Uh, and I was in I was in the chambers uh, September 15th, and a nice gentleman in the back, he went and got the director of code enforcement to come out and talk to me. So I... Uh, emailed some uh, some of the clips and everything. And I think there was like a mis misunderstanding because she focused more so on the size of the events. I was more so concerned about how I've been affected by the events because they said that I wasn't able to prove that the initial gathering was a violation. But inadvertently I did because one of the clips I sent then had uh, like 50 people in our parking lot, even though I have a chain across the front, like when they do these things, uh, with a trombone, a, a tuba, uh, a bass drum, second lining in our parking lot. But I'm I'm just more so focused on, I've done everything I can do to, I've, I've applied for uh, a fence to be put along the property line. Uh, we've been rejected on that. Uh, I came today hoping just, because they were, they were granted like a free card based off like what the uh, response from code enforcement was that they couldn't do anything. But I sent in clips with People coming in front of our store, pulling their shirt over their face, urinating in front of the store, the vomit literally spewing from their mouth. I was very specific about these clips. She only asked me for a few. And each vomit clip had vomit spewing from these people's mouths in front of our store. They don't care. Like, uh, anytime somebody will whip a T-shirt over their face in front of your camera, they don't care. And... That's no way to live. Like, uh, for Avalon, I don't know if they own the building or if they have a lease, but I want to get this on the record because I was content. I, I'm not a speaker, so I was content the last time the opportunity presented itself where I wouldn't have to get up here and speak. But, I mean, I got to step up. I mean, uh, there's... Could you give us a more specific location? Uh, okay, like, we're, 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 in, we're in a block before Drago's. So, like, when you get to North Arnold, that's where Drago's is. We're between North Arnold and Severn. And we, we've been lucky since the hurricane because the spot doubles as, like, this place of, like, sh lodging. There's been too many people that have stayed up there to keep track of. And then, like, it, if Your time's up, but I want to let Councilwoman Van Franken speak on that because I know she's been dealing with some things over there, too. Again, it might be best to just talk um, yeah, and we close could... to the end of the meeting. If you don't mind, let us get with you so we can follow up on what code's already done and what else we can do. And Ms. Vallow's here, too, if you need to speak with her some more. And we can – the meeting's almost over, so if you just stick around a few minutes, we'll – huddle up and see what we can work out for Mr. you. Mr. Chairman, we'll make a copy of this. I think it might be a combination between Amy Vallow and Kelly Hopkins with PMZ as well as a law enforcement issue. So we'll, we'll um, make sure okay. the directors get, get a copy of this. You can step up, sir. Good morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. My name is Joby Cohen. The address is 3650 18th Street. 
Um, <clears throat> this matter was heard October 6th uh, as far as uh, expropriation of our building. Uh, we've been located in this building for roughly 20 years now. Um, we were not uh, made aware that um, this process was taking place on the 6th. I found out just by luck on the 5th, sent emails to each of you, um, and was told through your office, um, Mr. Walker, that this was going to be deferred. And I see how complex this process is. Um, I would have liked to have been known when talking about our building, our livelihood, um, this process was taking place. Um, I was hoping for the amendment to be rescinded, which it was not. Um, and it does look like we are going forward with the expropriation. Um, but I do want to be on record um, with the parish knowing that there's got to be a better way of doing this. Again, not knowing this was going to take place on the 6th um, is concerning. Um, but again, being on the record for you guys to know this, this was not right. And it was intended to be deferred. There was a mistake and it went through because there was a lot going on that morning and it wasn't pulled out before the meeting to be deferred like it should have been. And that's on me. And uh, Councilwoman Van Frank and I talked about it before the meeting. It was going to be deferred. And I'll let her take it from here. And it, nothing, I think the process, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I'll let you explain. I, it, it's a complex process. So um, as, as you know, and we've, we've talked a lot, but the efforts to revitalize Fat City have um, involved a number of property acquisitions since the time Councilwoman Lee Shang was, was um, representing District 5. Certain property acquisitions have led to the um, establishment of that new JPSO substation that has retail on the downstairs, JPSO offices upstairs. So we're continuing to um, try to acquire a, a campus of properties where we can make a significant difference and, and a turning point um, in the community. Um, as to the specifics of expropriation, and, and we've had these discussions, but each of the property owners that we've negotiated with in the past parish government has limitations on what it can spend and it is based on an appraised value of a property a fair market value of a property and that is our limitation by law when there are other things that a property owner asks us to consider as you have done mr cohen you've asked us for um you've you've established that there are certain unique features to your property like a vault uh, that's been built out on the site we can't pay anything other than appraised value I understand you're in the process of getting an appraisal and that will allow some negotiation if we have two different values to occur and that's where our parish attorney's office is involved. We have not actually begun the process of expropriation. We are beginning the process of continuing to talk with you. I'm hopeful that either we can come to something that we within uh, the, the law can, can pay that is um, a compensation that you think is fair. If not, the expropriation process itself and going to the court and going to a judge has in other situations actually allowed the court to award um, compensation for other things. So while we might not be able to um, put forward money that would compensate you for some of the things you're asking for, case law in cases of expropriation 
judges have said, okay, that's valid, we'll consider that and allow for compensation in those instances. So my appreciation of the item that was on the agenda last time, no suit has been filed for expropriation yet, um, but it is just a step in the process. I do want to correct on the record because it's my understanding um, from the attorney who's handling this on, a on our behalf, the expropriation statute is very specific and it has very specific notification our attorney has notified your attorney in writing. And so all of those communications are going to your attorney. Now, whether your attorney is passing um, along all of those communications, that might be something you want to address. Um, but my understanding is we are certainly following the statute with all notification. And, and let me also say, and, and we talked about this uh, two weeks ago, in a number of the instances where we have acquired property in Fat City, we have worked very hard to try and find other suitable locations, if at all possible, right in the Fat City area. Um, so we have been able to do that with other businesses. Um, we work with Champagne Elevator for quite some time to find a suitable site um, that they wind up outside of uh, Fat City. But we have done legwork with you and with others in the Fat City community to actually subdivide some properties so that a building that you um, consider that might be a suitable alternate location now has parking and, and deed restricted a surrounding property. So again, there's been a lot of effort to, to work with you, uh, Mr. Cohen, to try and find a good property for you in Fat City um, and do what's necessary to, um, to fairly compensate you while we continue to try to revitalize the Fat City effort. And, that, and I you know, vow to continue those ongoing conversations. Um, that item that was on the last agenda, we really did intend to defer um, and, and had requested as such. Um, but it did not do anything other than set the upper limit of what we can compensate you at this time based on our fair market appraisal. As soon as you get an alternate appraisal, if there's a different dollar figure, those nego negotiations will continue. I, I am perfectly clear with the discussions that have taken place between uh, Mr. Becknell and my attorney. Um, I would have had, he, we would have been present if, it, if we did not find out about uh, uh, that this was on the agenda on October 6th, um, especially for the appraised amount that the uh, parish came in with, which um, is low. Um, so, um, again, uh, we would have been here, the two of us, um, to speak further about that. Um, but I, I understand your position, but please know ours. Um, and um, again, talking about expropriation, none of us were told that, that we were going to be on for October 6th, that particular day. We had no idea, none. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else who would like to speak on special subject matters today? All right. Thank you all. Madam Clerk, please read the ordinances for introduction to summary. And there are plenty, so. Yes, sir. I have uh, one uh, summary that is going to require a unanimous vote by the uh, council to bring forward. An ordinance amending the boundaries and expanding Metairie CBD Economic Development District Number 1, State of Louisiana, establishing a baseline collection rate in the expanded boundaries of said district. And this is in uh, Council District 5. Any objection to that being brought from the floor? Hearing none, so ordered. 
You need to open a public hearing if someone. I'm sorry. We do need to open a public hearing on that item. Would anyone like to speak for or against bringing that item from the floor? Madam Clerk, note that no one has appeared. A resub of lots P1B, 1B, P1D, P4A, and P5, Elmwood subdivision. Approving the request submitted under docket number SP4821 for a variance to the sign regulations for Citizens National Bank located at 3908 Veterans Memorial Boulevard on lots 25, 26, and 109, square U2, Manson subdivision. Amending ordinance number 26259 to include development drawings identified as C100 site plan prepared by Austin Hayes dated May 21, 2021 and A200 elevations prepared by John Litton dated May 21, 21 for variances approved under docket number SP1221. An ordinance under docket number CU621 approving an amendment to a site plan previously approved as a special permitted use under docket number FL313 for Energy Louisiana LLC Chapter 40 Zoning Article 31 Industrial District M2 Section 40-582 permitted uses located at 1617 River Road on lot NM1 Southeastern Land District of Louisiana zoned M1 and M2. An ordinance amending the official zoning map for certain lots Portions of lots are undesignated properties located at the northwest and southwest corners of the intersection of Barataria Boulevard and Leo Kerner, Lafitte Parkway, and Crown Point, more particularly amending the zoning from C2 to S1 and amending the future land use from COM to CF and RUR as recommended by a study authorized by council resolution number 136107 and extended by council resolution number 137611 amend chapter 11 daycare centers chapter 33 and chapter 40 zoning of the code to amend the zoning regulations and standards for daycares and similar facilities as recommended by a study authorized by council resolution number 132225 and extended via Council Resolution Number 134138. An ordinance revoking and declaring a portion of unimproved Lime Street adjacent to 4648 South I-10 Service Road West Metairie no longer needed for a public purpose and authorizing its sale to the adjacent property owner for appraised value and to provide for related matters. An ordinance revoking and declaring a portion of Rosewood Drive adjacent to Lot 1A Square 21 Beverly Knoll sub, suburb subdivision no longer needed for any public purpose and authorizing its sale to the adjacent property owner. An ordinance to amend Chapter 2, Article 7, Division 3.1 of the Code of Jefferson Parish, Louisiana. An ordinance amending Section 2-31 of the Code to permit the Council by resolution to authorize a director or a chief administrative assistant to the parish president to sign contractual agreements, grant applications, and other 
authorized documents ratified by and executed on behalf of the Parish of Jefferson and its subsidiaries and on behalf of special districts and political subdivisions for which the Jefferson Parish Council serves as governing authority. Amending Section 2-31-34.1 of the Code relative to the pre-filing of resolutions and the introduction of resolutions verbally from the floor. An ordinance supplementing and amending General Bond Ordinance Number 24406 authorizing the issuance from time to time of sewer revenue bonds of Consolidated Sewers District Number 1 of the Parish of Jefferson, State of Louisiana, for the purposes of including additional statutory authority for the issuance of bonds thereunder and to supply an omission thereto. An ordinance to amend Ordinance Number 4074, the personnel rules for the Classified Service of Jefferson Parish to amend Rule 4, Section 2.1 and Section 6.1, Rule 6, Section 10.4 and 10.13, and Rule 9, Section 12.1 and 12.2. An ordinance to amend Ordinance Number 4074, the personnel rules for the Classified Service of Jefferson Parish to revise Rule 1, Section 13, and Section 72. An ordinance to amend Ordinance Number 4074, the personnel rules for the Classified Service of Jefferson Parish to revise Rule 4, Section 5.9. An ordinance amending the 2021 Operating Budget of Jefferson Parish, an ordinance amending the 2021 Capital Budget of Jefferson Parish, an ordinance adopting and or ratifying an operating budget for the year 2022 for all departments, agencies, and districts of Jefferson Parish in accordance with Section 4.02C and D of Jefferson Parish Charter, amending the Code of Ordinances relative to adjustments to revenues, service charges, and expenditures in connection therewith an ordinance adopting the 2022 capital budget for all agencies, departments, and special districts for the Parish of Jefferson for the upcoming year. And now to all of the items I have to read into summary. <laughs> all right, thank you, Madam Clerk. Is there any objections to the motion to adopt those ordinances read right into summary? A motion of Councilman Template. Well, a motion of Councilman Impostato, seconded by Councilman Walker. Hearing none, so ordered. Any objection to a motion to adjourn by all council members present? Hearing none, so ordered. This meeting is adjourned. Happy Halloween. We'll see you next time.